What up, y'all? Welcome to the Don't Fret Podcast. My name is D. Fretter, and one of my favorite things to do is have conversations with creative types or entrepreneurial spirits to talk about what they do, why they do it, and how they got to where they are. And this is a podcast where I do just that. On this week's episode, I'm talking to Emily Fletcher of the Infatuated Podcast. Emily is also a writer, a book talk creator, and just like one of the sweetest people you will ever see on the internet, for sure. We talk about Emily's writing journey, her love of literature. We kind of geek out about two of our favorite authors, B.E. Schwab and Aaron Morgenstern, and it's a really good time. I've also been a guest on Emily's podcast, Infatuated, which she co-hosts with friend of the podcast, Rebecca Baird. So after you're done listening to this episode, you could hop over to the Infatuated podcast page, wherever you happen to be listening, and check that out as well. And if you like this podcast, you like what we're doing over here, you want to get more involved, join the Don't Fret Club, head over to patreon.com slash for two extra bonus episodes a month, and we're going to get some live streamy type stuff going on over there as soon as we get a few more members in the club anyways if not no worries thanks so much enjoy this episode you know what d i'm not gonna lie that was that wasn't your best intro ever man that was uh kind of sucked Anyways, what's up, guy? Welcome to the podcast. Uh, this is a really exciting one. I'm super excited. We did it. They said it couldn't be done, but we did it. We got Emily Fletcher from the Infatuated Podcast, from Book Talk, from the internet, from the literary world here with us today. Emily, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing all right, thank you. So uh, first and foremost, who do you want to shout out? Oh, well, I feel like I should shout out, you know, my co-host friends and flatmate Rebecca because she did shout me out uh, on when she did her episode. Um, but that's a given, right, that I should shout out Rebecca. So I'm going to also shout out um, my friend Hannah Barreto, who is also doing a PhD uh, right now. And she's recently started a TikTok called Diary of a PhD. So if anyone wants a little insight into being like a PhD researcher and gothic lit and cute videos, you should follow her. So, I mean, yeah, that sounds amazing. I don't know why anyone wouldn't be interested in that. I was actually going to ask you about the PhD thing like later on, but since you bring Mm -hmm. it up, like you're a PhD student studying Mm -hmm. gothic lit. Um, What's that like? What's that like? (laughs) What is that like? Uh, It's interesting. It's interesting because I started it during the pandemic. So it's probably not been the experience um, that it's meant to be, let's say. Um, But I am really enjoying it. So yeah, I'm doing my PhD in female Gothic literature, um, which is one of those topics that has a lot of different interpretations. There's also a lot of blurred lines, especially when you're looking at like intersectionality, things like that as well. But the easiest way to describe it is like literature that focuses purely on the female experience. So it's typically also written by women from the perspective of women as well. Um, and yeah, my my thesis is about the female experience as it relates to setting. So 
in the gothic tradition that would be like your big mansions where like a woman feels like trapped or lost or out of place but I'm going to follow that thread into the present day um, and look at more modern texts and settings that aren't just houses so like hotels university campuses things like that so that is essentially my thesis in a nutshell <laughs> awesome um so gothic lit is that were, were you like a goth in high school because you don't <laughs> come across as one now so i'm just curious were you a goth um no not not really i mean i loved a bit of emo music but uh not not really i just like the I just like the books basically <laughs> it's like a spooky book and uh, yeah i love a love a spooky book love halloween yeah and movies too right uh like mm -hmm. donnie darko is your jam right yes i love donnie darko yeah yeah I, i've done my i've done my homework i see i see that <laughs> <laughs> like you know strictly for the podcast i didn't i don't just re-listen to episodes of your podcast several <laughs> times that would be weird that's all right. You can admit it if you do. I do actually. It's um, <laughs> I work alone mostly, so it's like eight hours alone, and I get really bored. And music just doesn't do it for me. So, yeah. um, I think, like, I started listening to your podcast around. I think the episode about the invisible life of Addie Larue. Mm. Because like, that was the first time I'd heard about it. I was like, oh, that's cool. I, I don't even know what they're going to talk about, but I'll listen. And I was like, oh, this sounds really neat. Um, and then there was a, uh, in the winter, I had to work exclusively by myself. Like I wasn't seeing anybody for mm -hmm. like a solid week. And it's like, so there's snow everywhere, but it's also like, if it's not snowing, it's raining, it's cold and wet. And I was like, this sucks. And I'm really bored. And so I just like, listen to your whole podcast all the way through up to whatever Christmas basically. Yeah. And I kept realizing that I would forget things that you said about like, you know, writing chats or like little details mm -hmm. about the books or whatever. I was like, I got to go back and listen. So now it's just to have it. Like I will listen to it at least twice. Um, I, I listened to the episode um, that I was on maybe four times because people kept asking me like, what do you mean when you say this? And I was like, <laughs> I don't even remember saying that. Like what? <laughs> yeah. I love that. I listen to podcasts on repeat a lot as well. I love binging a podcast. I love when I find a new one and I can just go through the whole back catalog. Yeah. What, uh, what is your, what's your go-to podcast to listen to? Ooh, my, or let's do a top three. Okay, top three. Um, and that's why we drink, uh, which is a paranormal and true crime podcast. Um, so they'll do like a paranormal story and then a true crime one, but it's also very funny. Um, that one definitely. Um, oh. I listened to one called Shagged Married Annoyed which is hosted by um, a, com a UK comedian called Chris Ramsey and his wife, Rosie Ramsey. And it's just a podcast about marriage and kids, which is not something that I relate to. Um, but then they also have like listener stories. People write in with stories and questions and they answer those. And it's just really funny because they're both comedians. Um, and then... Hmm... What would my third choice be? 
I'll tell you what I've just started listening to is uh, Drama Queens and it's three of the women who were on One Tree Hill which is a show that I love and they're basically just going through all the episodes and talking about the episodes and behind the scenes and all that so that's a new favorite cool cool everybody take notes if any of that <laughs> sounded interesting to you definitely go check those out mm-hmm. um cool i i think yeah my top three would be probably in- infatuated which is i'm not trying to kiss kiss up or anything like that <laughs> um and then this is so funny because now I feel like really low brow because it's like infatuated and then the Josh Johnson show, which is stand up comedian Josh Johnson and his best friend, uh, basically just exchanging crazy wild stories and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, standard stand up comedian has a podcast sort of format, but it's really funny and they read some letters from fans or reviews or whatever. It's it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Tiny Meat Gang podcast, uh, which is again just two guys talking about well mostly making penis jokes um <laughs> i'm 12 actually <laughs> i'm not 30 i'm 12 guys um yeah but no actually yeah that was the thing i was gonna say is i was gonna give you your roses like off the bat um the thing i love most about infatuated is that it's like unpretentious sophistication at its finest as far as i'm concerned <laughs> yeah like obviously Rebecca's gonna hear this and be like, oh, okay, but truly, like you guys sound really like you know what you're talking about in terms of like what makes a good book a good book or what makes a good song a good song. Like there's mm-hmm. um, like pretty strong analysis of the material, but you're not looking down at anything. And I know that's mm-hmm. sort of the the ethos of the show is to talk about things we enjoy. But yeah. it's still not like, yes, this is better because <laughs> this is a superior form of poetry or story or something like that. That was a terrible accent, and I apologize <laughs> be offended by that. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy that about the show. And I also really enjoy your book talk content because it sort of is thematically similar to Infatuated. So I don't know if this mm-hmm. is your personality is to really gas up the things you like or if this is an intentional thing you're doing with the internet content you make, but mm-hmm. I really enjoy the um, the positive sort of spin on like these books are good because of these reasons without yeah. having to step on a different book by comparison or something like that. Yeah, no, that's it's it's not something that I did consciously, but but since the podcast came out and since I started the book talk like I I have noticed that I just don't like negativity like I just you know the world's a negative enough place at times we don't really need to add to it so for me I I find it more on on TikTok um I, I try and make all my videos like this is something I liked and you know here's why or or here's a recommendation based off you know if you like this book you might like this book um but I've also made it very specific to me so like he won't ever find me recommending something I haven't read because I I couldn't tell you if I liked it or not (laughs) um and I don't and I try not to sort of lean into like the ratings either um because I don't know TikTok's just one of those because it's such bite-sized format I feel like if you say you know this book is 
five stars, four stars, three stars, you don't get the chance to ex explain yourself and say, but here's my rating system. Here's what I mean when I say five stars or like, I don't know, everyone's system's different. And I, I just think let's just assume that if you're on my page, I like the books that are on there. Um, and I'm kind of just going to leave it at that and stay in my own lane. And, um, and I think with the podcast, that was just immediately inbuilt to what we you know when we we're planning what the podcast would be it wasn't this is going to be a review podcast or analysis podcast it's going to be a this is us sharing stuff that we like podcast um so yeah there's a lot of analysis in there because we are english students so that's just how we work but we would never choose to talk about a book that we didn't enjoy or music or whatever because like you just don't need it like no one needs to hear a, a negative review like criticisms are fair enough but I don't think you need a negative review out there you know yeah I think there's a key difference between criticism or yeah um criticism and a negative review mm. there's some I heard of this stat it was like human beings are five times more likely to complain than say something positive and mm. eight times more likely to complain than say nothing at all. Yeah. Which I think is why book talk content or the infatuated podcast is such a breath of fresh air because, you know, there's most certainly podcasts out there like this book sucks and this is why, and I hate it. And, and this person should die and blah, 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 blah. it's out there <laughs> somewhere. I'm sure. Um, I don't know what it's called, but, Mm, what would what what would it be called? Well, it's like the opposite of infatuated. Yeah, I was trying um, to think of what that is. I'm just dissatisfied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's there's an audience for that, I guess. But yeah, it it does seem like a lot of energy wasted on telling people like why you hated something. Because mm -hmm. if you if you were just sort of like your job was to review something, you're gonna review something you don't like. But you just like, yeah, I didn't like it for these reasons. But um, mm -hmm. if you, you know, like I don't like the taste of dark chocolate. So if I have like a dark chocolate fudge cake, I'm gonna make. You know what? Wasn't my jam. A little too bitter. But mm -hmm. if you like the taste of bitter dark chocolate, this is up yeah. your alley. Have yourself a good yeah. day. I saw this YouTube video of a of a person just trashing one of my favorite books. And I, it like hurt my feelings. And I was like, wow, so much hate in your heart for something so innocuous. This is ooh, so mad. Yeah. It, the comments that always get me are the ones where um, someone says like, am I the only person that doesn't like X book? And I just don't know what they want me to respond to that because the obvious answer is no, right? But I'm like, but you, but you're commenting that on a video where I've talked about why I like it. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I don't really understand. Like, is that comment necessary? Could you not just scroll past it? Like, I don't know. There, we do live in a weird culture where people have to have an opinion on everything and like I definitely used to be like that. I was on Tumblr when I was like 13 and that was, you know, a different time. But like, but these days I just don't care. Like I just rather put my energy into talking about something positive and something that I like and sharing all the good stuff. And 
you know, you don't need all the negative opinions. Yeah, especially not in your free time. Like if you're making, because you, you don't make money off of the book talk or anything like mm-hmm. that, right? So no, um, not yet. So <laughs> you know, that's your free time. Like life is hard enough. Like going to work isn't fun. Commuting or whatever. We're in a pandemic. All this stuff. Like you know, spend your free time just like enjoying stuff. And I, I love. Mm-hmm. I thought you were just saying like you saw comments like am I the only person who doesn't like blank but you're saying mm-hmm. people are commenting this on your videos like am I the only yeah. person who doesn't love the Starless Sea it's like yeah there's only one answer is probably not um <laughs> yeah I always just reply I'm like not every book is for everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's true like um and a book that claims to be for everyone probably isn't for anyone yeah because yeah it's too that's too many people to try to please so that would be kind of a waste i would think um man that's so funny do you get this i don't know if this is too personal and if it is we we will cut this out or whatever <laughs> but do you get some book talk creeps in your comments or anything like that um not not really. I've I get like a few sort of DMs and stuff that are maybe like <laughs> that just tell me you should read this book. I'm like I don't really oh. ask for that opinion, but okay. okay. Um, okay. but like, but they're fine. Um, but like when I've done like live streams on TikTok, which is something I've tried to do, like I quite enjoy them. But like you get weird comments then. But I don't think that's necessarily a book talk thing. I think that's just a live stream on tiktok thing yes um so no not really like the the weirdest i get is just when people ask me for really specific recommendations that have nothing to do with my content and i'm like that's weird okay <laughs> I, w- I wasn't sure like because book talk seems like maybe the more wholesome corner of the tiktok universe but i'm probably like, there's got to be some weird like like i know that there's book talkers that talk about like erotica or whatever which you know Mm -hmm. but like i'm aware of that but it was just like i was wondering if there were like you know if there was like book thirsty book talks or something like that (laughs) not not any that i've had (laughs) okay um when did your love of literature begin like were you raised in a book loving household like are the walls just made of books or what, what where did that where did that start um yeah I was like my my mum and dad both read a lot um they're kind of just you know read before beds kind of people so they're they're always kind of getting through books and my dad used to always read me stories and he used to make up stories as well um and tell me those you know like at bedtime so I've always liked books I always grew up reading um but then I suppose when it actually kind of properly took off would be when I was like a teenager and like um maybe like 14 15 uh definitely got into writing and reading you know classic literature and feeling pretentious <laughs> um so like yeah always grew up with a household that reads um like my dad listens to my podcasts and he will go out and buy the books that we talk about and stuff so yeah definitely a reader family my sister reads loads as well so Right, because you, you like trade books with your sister a little bit, right? 
yeah yeah so like we have pretty similar taste um and it's like nice now that so she's 20 so we now pretty much read the same books all the time there was a while where she was a bit of a younger like reading level than me but now we're like pretty much always read the same stuff and we're always swapping books when we see each other and she just texted me earlier about a book that I read a few weeks ago and she's now reading it and is freaking out at the ending so <laughs> that's great I I don't have a family member who shares my taste in books um my adoptive mother did read a book that I bought her for Christmas a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago so it took her a minute but she was like hey it's pretty good and that's the closest I've ever gotten to <laughs> yeah oh wait no that's a lie. One of my cousins, he likes V.E. Schwab as well, but we mm-hmm. rarely ever end up talking about V.E. Schwab's books because we will get sidetracked with like, hey, what if we wrote this movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, totally. Who would we put in this movie? Well, obviously, we got to put The Rock in it somewhere because we put The Rock in all of our movie pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, and one day he'll accept one. One day. <laughs> He's going to answer the phone. He's... He'll be like, this is the cash cow. This is the one. You guys are finally getting there. It'll be great. Uh, <laughs> that's cool, though. Um, did your dad Did your dad listen to the album from my episode? Um, I, I think he did, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, um, <laughs> he, But he probably would have. Like, he actually didn't say. He likes your song, though. Like, that was oh, that's so nice. You sang. Yeah, I no, he said he really time. enjoyed that. Um. So yeah, I don't know. He probably he probably has looked it up because that's the kind of person that he is. That's really nice. <laughs> I was kind of joking around. I'm just like I just think it's funny because um I get some people, some of my listeners and some of my fans, quote unquote, uh, listen to my episode on your podcast, mm-hmm. and then they came back to me and were like, "Hey, um, you're not as good at hosting a podcast as these two." Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like hey their podcast is way better so um we might leave and i was like oh okay that's um that's fine oh, i don't think that's true i think there's space for us both no i i agree i just think it's, it's, <laughs> it's a totally different vibe so i'm not even, yeah not even mad about it so when you started writing uh what mm-hmm. were, was it short stories was it did you start with poetry and work your way up to short stories i know a lot of authors kind of start in mm, poems mm-hmm. and then move on to short stories and then go into novels but what was your um no when when I was about like 14 15 I just started writing a novel uh so I just I just dove straight in because I, th- I I think I didn't realize how hard it would be <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just did it so like so my, my kind of writing started I had this idea for a novel and like I said, I was on Tumblr at the time. And so me and my like friends that I'd made on there, um, we all kind of wrote and we all had like our our characters that we would sort of put into situations where they'd have to interact. So it's kind of it was kind of like co-writing, like I'd write a paragraph, they'd write a paragraph. And that's cool. So so that's kind of how I started getting into it. And then eventually I did, um, you know, NaNoWriMo, the National Novel Writing yeah. Month. Yeah. Um, I did that when I was, uh, I was like 15 or 16. Um, it was like that novel idea that I had, um, which is awful. I, re- I read it back recently and it's so bad, like like horrendously bad, but I needed to write it. So yeah. Um, so that that's kind of how it got started. And then when I went to uni, 
I was doing a sort of mix of short stories and poetry, more so prose, um, but then nothing kind of long form until what I'm writing now. Um, right. So the book that you wrote then, it, did any of it inspire the the novel that you're working on now? Um, not this one, but for another novel that I want to write, I have noticed when I'm like plotting that one out that there are a few similarities. Um, so just kind of element, not really story elements, but more like setting and little right. scenes, yeah. things like that. So um, it, yeah, it's quite funny looking back at that first novel because like, I'll talk about it because it will never get written um, properly, but it was about like a, like a kind of demon hunter school and it was oh, like it was, it was yeah it was very like gothic and there was like a like a, a half demon boy and a girl who could see ghosts I think mm. um and like uh, like a romance like it was like it was very kind of I was really into supernatural at the time, so yeah, it, was yeah, really yeah. Ins- it was really inspired by like supernatural. And um, funnily enough, after after I wrote that, I read the like Cassandra Clare's Shadowhunter books, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, there's a lot in these books that was in my head already," which was very cool. Um, so that was the kind of vibe of it. So my the next novel I want to write is kind of ghosty. So I feel like there'll be little elements. That's from cool. That. Um, <laughs> as you described the premise, my fir- my brain went, "Oh, like Van Helsing meets X Men." I was like, <laughs> "Kind oh, of that's yeah. cool, <laughs> kind of sick." Just gonna. You said you're not gonna write that. I don't think so. No. <laughs> yeah, so there's room. For, there's room for a script in there. All right. Mm-hmm. Jonesy, if you're listening, um, let's talk. <laughs> you can make it funny. You can make it funny, Jonesy. Um, he's probably not listening. I'll probably just have to call him. That's fine. <laughs> um, that's cool. And ghosty. I like that. I like that adjective. Yeah, I don't have a title for it yet. It's literally called my ghosty novel, and my you know my little notes for myself. So. Mine. Um, I'm not gonna talk too much about it, but all it says is. I don't know. There's got to be a magic pun in here somewhere as like mm. the, the name. Cause <laughs> again, it, I'm like, I'll, I'm going to figure it out eventually. I just, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, what, what's your process of writing the novel kind of like, cause I, I know you've been chipping away at it mm-hmm. and like working steadily, but, um, you did like a first draft and you're mm-hmm. probably re- in the redrafting process yeah is your process similar to the Schwabs? because i've heard her use the metaphor of like pots on a stove and some are simmering on the back burner and some are like you know she's mm-hmm. adding ingredients as they come to her and stuff like that is that similar or do you have a different process no i'd say that's pretty accurate for me i i really like following her on social media because every time she talks about writing i'm like that's exactly how my brain works as well um yeah. So yeah, like the the pots on the stove one's quite interesting because like I said, I'm I'm writing a novel right now, but I keep mentioning like the f- the future novel, the future one. And I think that's the same thing where 
I'll get an idea for it. I know I can't really work on it at the moment because I want to finish this first one, but I'll kind of jot down the idea or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, like, I, yeah, I feel like I always have quite a few ideas on the go. And in terms of the actual like writing process, it is very, it, I kind of go in fits and starts. So I'll have times where I'm, I'm literally nonstop writing. I have, I've had the idea, I have to get it down. I can write, you know, thousands of words in a day. And then I'll have just weeks where I do nothing. <laughs> but like, I, I think something I'm trying to remind myself, which is something that B. Schwab has said before, is not every write, not every day is a writing day. Some days you have like thinking days or planning days or you're just kind of dreaming about the idea yeah. but that's still writing like that's still part of the process and um, was that yesterday i think i think she did yeah she yeah. posted that quite recently yeah um so like that that's something that um me and my friend stephanie we're kind of helping each other out with our novels um, I think I think you know you follow Stephanie, don't you? I think. Yeah, yeah actually. Yeah. I forgot to say, uh, shout out Stephanie. Stephanie, if you would also like to be on, don't fret. You just you just <gasps> hit me up with a DM. We'll do this whole like infatuated don't fret extended universe. Just keep it going. Um, yes. Because you seem cool, and I'd love to hear about your writing process and your mad science approach to storytelling. Because that sounds fascinating. Nice. I'm gonna make sure she knows that that invitation has been extended because i'd like to hear that too <laughs> yeah i know i think uh she seems really cool and i was like i would love to chop it up like um it, on her episode we got to stop talking about your it okay y'all if you <laughs> listen to don't fret but don't also listen to infatuated like what you even doing bro <laughs> i'm the who's, who's like a male counterpart to taylor swift i'm the ed sheeran to rebecca's taylor <laughs> swift no, that's not true. Yeah. That's wildly inaccurate. Don't compare me to Ed Sheeran ever. And if you do that, you're blocked. Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. But no, I remember listening to Stephanie's kind of thoughts on writing. I was like, I want to chop it up mm -hmm. one day. Um, yeah. So, so me and her can I help each other out yeah. with our novels. So um, we have like weekly calls where we'll just kind of I mean, most of the time we just go off on tangents and don't talk about writing. But when we do talk about writing, we are, you know, talking through ideas. Like, like maybe I've got this scene and I don't really know how it should go. I'll, I'll throw it out to her and say, what do you think this character would do? Just to kind of get an outsider's opinion on it. Um, but she's still someone who knows the story really well um, and vice versa, obviously. Um, so that's something that me and her have talked about quite a lot is um not if you don't have to be writing physical words down every day um as long as you're sort of thinking about it and kind of mulling it over in your head the idea is still there the idea is still going to grow you're still going to do the novel eventually um because it is you know marathon not a sprint when you're writing a novel yeah absolutely um yeah, V.E. Schwab's writing advice is like a breath of fresh air for me because, mm -hmm. um, I don't know, whether it's poetry or my, my novel, I'm like, oh, good, I needed to hear this because you know what you're doing. You've done it a lot kind of thing. And part of knowing, like, 
I think she knows what she's doing, but she knows she doesn't know what she's doing. And I always love that. <laughs> like, I'll always take advice yeah. from someone who says they don't know, as opposed to someone who's like, oh, I got this in the bag. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, speaking of V.E. Schwab, Victoria Schwab, if you will, um, that's just for people who, you know, know her well or mm-hmm. not. Um so I was, I was going to, we're going to play a game later. So she's going to come back up in conversation, but I didn't ask too many questions about this specifically, but let's talk about villains for a second because oh, yes, please. Uh, <laughs> uh, I loved your, your analysis of the, uh, of the villain series, but you know, it was spoiler free and we're going to mm-hmm. try to keep it spoiler free, but I okay. did want to talk about, I, I did want to ask you something about vengeful as opposed okay. to vicious which you didn't go into too much about vengeful mm-hmm. because so much yeah. vengeful builds off of vicious but did you what did you think of the sort of like more feministic turn in vengeful as opposed to vicious like did that did that become apparent to you did you notice that did you what did you think of that if you noticed it yeah, no, I did notice it. Um, I th- it. It was interesting because I sort of, when that character, um, is it Marcella? Is that her Marcella, name? yeah. Um, yeah, when that character first appeared, I was like, she's cool. I was like, yeah. I feel like this is going to be like a really cool plot. And it, and it was. Yeah. Um, and I, I saw, it was a thought I was having while reading it. And then I saw V. Schwab talk about it later, um, which is that, she made that character to like get all her like feminist rage out um which makes a lot of sense um so i loved that because yeah like um vicious is quite a like male um setting i guess because it's like at a university which is typically quite a male place um and then obviously the two main characters are men like it it does feel quite masculine but then you have Sydney as well who's quite who kind of adds that sort of more like childlike and more feminine kind of innocence I guess um so I did notice when the second book took a turn but I loved it because you still have exactly the same amount of like Victor and Eli content it's just like an added yeah person in the ring right and it just kind of gives it this whole other perspective where vicious is so focused on victor and eli and their relationship and that's what the entire book's about whereas vengeful kind of broadens the world and puts the eos into um i guess more of like a broader setting you get more of an idea of the world i think is what i'm trying to say yeah and marcella is definitely a character that i can imagine like you know if we were in the the villain's world if that was a real thing like today 2021 marcella would definitely exist (laughs) oh absolutely (laughs) i just thought it was so interesting because in vicious victor and eli are definitely like like I oozing with toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um like taking control of situations 
And then in Vengeful, you've got characters like Marcella and even June and kind of Mm. Sydney stepping into her young adulthood. Yeah. They're almost calling more of the shots. And arguably, some of them are more threatening or more powerful Mm -hmm. than Victor or Eli, I personally think. Um, Yeah. And so it's like, I I was kind of observing how both Victor and Eli react to not being in control and like sort of like dealing with that toxic masculinity of like oh like I got it I am threatened by women and I thought that was really interesting I was like cool mm-hmm. good, for, good for Victoria for writing that so I just yeah. want I just kind of wanted to expand on that a little bit because like this is great analysis I agree with all of this love it but also um I would have loved to hear more about your thoughts on Marcella and June June drove me insane but that's fine mm. Um, yeah i think she's meant to though right yeah like, yeah it's effective yeah you can't, you can't <laughs> like every character for it to be like a a good book i think yeah exactly I, and well, i don't and i don't think like like i love victor vale like i love him but i don't think you're meant to like him like oh, whoops. oh no. well i think it's more like it's um I w- I'm probably going to name a character that you might bring up if you've done your research, but it's like the Kaz Brecker situation, right? So <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he's just he's just not a good person. Same with Victor, like it, he's not a good person, but he's interesting. So like that's the kind of character that I like reading about. See now, I feel kind of bad because I really liked Victor. I was like, I like you. I I, I, I think get everything. He's- yeah he she's written him um in such a way that you root for him and you agree with him but you're also like but you're also like oh he's done some not nice things there i don't know i mean maybe (laughs) that's my toxic masculinity coming through i'm like i would do (laughs) i would do everything that this man is doing right here right now with this skill set and um, yeah. you know what? I think he's going a little easy on everybody, but that's just me. I'm kidding, by the way. I'm... <laughs> but yes, um, I haven't read Six of Crows, so I can't speak to Kaz's character like mm-hmm. within the books. Uh, the yeah. show was show was dope, and I liked um, that actor. Got some chops. Oh, he's so good, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, like he probably shouldn't also play Victor Vale in the series that they want to do with villains but i'm like that's who I'm oh he could oh he definitely could he could be a good just eli hands. though as well oh well yeah he could just play them both uh, <laughs> <laughs> um that was that was my only kind of thing about um villains that i wasn't crazy about i'm like you know it could be a black person in here somewhere that's that's just me mm. like mitch could have been black it would have been fine terry cruz looking yeah. person um but whatever it's cool Cheers. I'll just put black people in my book. It's mostly yeah. black people in my book. Um, uh, okay, so now, talked a little bit about the story. Here's a question for you, another villain-related mm-hmm. question. Um, okay. So this isn't what would you like. This is what do you think? What do you think? Okay. What do you think? What do you suspect you'd end up with as an EO power? Oh, that's hard. Um... Because it's so dependent on your last thoughts. And I'm like, what would my last thoughts be? <laughs> exactly. It also depends on how you die as well. 
Ooh, yeah, I didn't think of that. Oh, um, well, I'll still try and think of one. Um, do you know what? Like, I not to just steal her idea, but see the fact that Victor his um, ability comes from everything being too much. She's like, I don't want to feel this. I'm quite an emotional person. I could imagine something like that happening to me, where it's something to do with the nervous system or emotion. Maybe I'd like, maybe I'd end up being able to control people's emotions or something because I'd be like, oh, I just want to stop feeling it. Totally. I don't know. I'm pretty sure no matter how I die, my thought will be something about me being like really stubborn. Like, no. This is not mm. how I die. I'm like, I'm too, I'm too tough to die. Like, I'm too strong mm. to die. I'm like, no way. This isn't what's gonna get me. You know, even mm-hmm. if it was like sickness. So I feel like I'd come back, kind of Luke Cagey of like maybe not, <laughs> maybe not like Superman, super strong, but definitely like way harder to break than I was before. That kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. yeah, and, uh, that makes sense. That- she must have had so much fun coming up with like the abilities and what the last thoughts and all the deaths would have been like that would have been my favorite bit to write in that series yeah. if i'd written it yeah when she comes on infatuated you got to ask her about that or <laughs> you send her over this way i'll ask her about that it'll be cool um i know i'd love to have her on she's in edinburgh right now like she's she's back living through this way so i'm like yeah. do i just go to edinburgh wander about try and find her <laughs> i uh i think you should and i, I would <laughs> Yeah, I think you should, and uh, maybe record a TikTok, tag her in it, and just, you know, just be like, okay, now, just say hi, D. <laughs> okay, hi, D. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what a birthday present. Um, <laughs> no, that's funny, though. That'd be that'd be really cool. Uh, she's great. And another favorite author of yours is Erin Morgenstern, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't yeah. follow her because um, I didn't know if she had an Instagram, and I haven't thought to look. I guess I could have. Um, but what, uh, what, what about Aaron's writing kind of speaks to you? Cause I know like both of her published novels are like love letters to books. Is that it? Cause mm-hmm. like I've read the Starless Sea, but I have yet to read the night circus, but, mm-hmm. um, can you speak to a little bit of like, why do you like Aaron so much? Like what resonates with you? Yeah. Um, I don't I mean that's one big thing is that her books are love letters to books that's how I always phrase it to people um I think her writing is just very magical and it feels like a fairy tale when when you're um reading it um so the first one I read was the night circus when it came out oh I want, it was probably about 10 years ago or something it's, it was quite a while that she had between the books and I so I read it when I was like a teenager and just loved the story and that was kind of it um but now looking at it when the Starless Sea came out it sort of sparked that like oh I do love her work <laughs> and I kind of re- was reminded of her um and I yeah I think it's the, that style of writing it's just very magical and she writes it in the present tense so you feel like you're you're right in it um and she just comes up with all these ideas I don't understand where they came from but they're beautiful um so so that that's it really I don't know (laughs) that's awesome 
I, I was just curious because, you know, like you've mentioned on your podcast. I'm sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> a few times that she's like your favorite. And I was like, oh, yeah, like I've never asked why because Rebecca is unabashed in why Taylor mm-hmm. Swift is her favorite artist. But yeah. I never heard you kind of dive into like what it was. Um, but yeah, that like fairy tale sort of almost like contemporary Brothers Grimm mm-hmm. sort of magic mm-hmm. to it is kind of like it's really attractive. I'm gonna read the Night Circus eventually because of you, my friend <laughs> Madison, and one of my favorite rappers all swear by the Night Circus. So I'm like, I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta read it. But mm-hmm. I just think that's a funny sort of gr- like collection of people to all be like, yeah, this book right here, yeah. Um, because <laughs> you, Madison, and this rapper are all very different people. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think the Night Circus is, I think, her sort of more popular. Yeah. Book. Um, I think just because, um, I, I guess there's just more of a plot. <laughs> um, it's you know it's more of a a linear story I guess yeah. whereas the starless sea is very meandering but that's why I love it yeah that was something that like I noticed a lot of people seem to like because I, I read some reviews about it after I read it um mm-hmm. just out of curiosity because I was like I don't really get why someone could strongly dislike this book mm-hmm. but I'd heard some people say they strongly disliked it and it just came down to the pace and I was like but that was the point, mm. you know, like to me, that was kind of like saying like, oh, I don't like jazz music, all that fucking piano. And I'm like, but that's like what that that's part of it, you know, like, yeah, so many yeah. seventh chords. I'm like, what? <laughs> I know, because the Starless Sea is about like for, for one, it's based on a video game like that. She said that's where the idea came from, where she was playing I actually can't remember what one it was but she was playing a video game and she yeah. got the idea of um and it's something that's in the book that he mm-hmm. kind of describes how um he sort of wishes life was like a video game yeah and it is um but also it's a book about time so yeah. she's going to play with time um it's like I've I've seen people called the invisible life of Adi LaRue slow um and I'm like yeah it is because she's been alive for 300 years so it's you know time stretches on but then it you know I wouldn't say for spoilers but you know near the end time really speeds up yeah um for a reason but the Um, chapters in Addie LaRue aren't even that long like it's no like it's a thick book but like that 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 feeling of accomplishment of like oh yeah I just crushed a chapter that happens in like 20 minutes Mm-hmm, and then you're like maybe sooner if you're a faster reader than I am which is quite possible I'm quite slow but like <laughs> boom 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 that's the thing I loved about like I read Addie LaRue then I read Villains and it's like all oh, this like out of order timeline keeps mm-hmm. me engaged whereas like yeah I like started Darker Shade of Magic and I'm like there is not a braided timeline and I'm like mm-hmm. oh, I can already feel I'm not as interested which is really funny to me um, <laughs> like I, it's still really good I'm just like not as like ooh, what where am I because I'm now I'm like yeah no it's it's a clever tactic to to switch the perspectives yeah um, or switch or switch the time because you just constantly want to read 
that one to get back to the first one and then and vice versa. Totally. Um, okay, so I think we're ready to play uh, play a game or two. Okay. So we're gonna start with a game, this special segment. Um, only done this a couple times, but we gotta we're gonna do it more. Um, so get ready, podcast listeners. It's gonna be a <laughs> staple of the show. Uh, we're gonna play a round or a couple rounds of Smash Mary Kill. Okay. So question one: This is I ask all my friends this eventually. So Smash Mary Kill, pancakes, mm-hmm. waffles, or French toast. Hmm. Okay. Um. I'm gonna kill waffles because I don't really eat them. <laughs> um, and I'm going to. Hmm. I think I'm gonna marry pancakes. Um. I, yeah. I just I eat them more. Um, I think I like them more and like I do like French toast but I don't eat it very often so pancakes is the, the winner nice that was the right answer just in case you <laughs> okay um, smash Mary kill calm blurry face and try hard oh no <laughs> um Oh, that's hard. Oh, they're also different as well. Um, oh no. Okay, I think I'm gonna kill. Try hard. I think. Oh, I feel bad saying that. Um. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna kill. Try hard. I'm gonna splash. Um, <laughs> such a pained expression on my face. I'm gonna, I'm gonna smash blurry face and marry calm. I think. Solid, solid. <laughs> I respect that. Um, I didn't listen to Try Hard, but I did listen to Calm, and I did listen to what well, I I've heard Blurry Face before. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, blur, Blurry Face is. Oh, I love it so much, but like. I don't know, Cam's just a bit happier. It's a bit more chill. So I think that's what I'd like to have for, you know, the rest of the Hold life. it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now I'm not gonna lie, I actually don't like blurry face. I, I don't <laughs> I don't I don't like twenty one pilots like at yeah. all. Um, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not for me and we both understand this and it's it's no hate, no shade, you know? Yep. I'm not one of those people who's like, I don't like your music, so I wish you, like, ill will or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> one of my friends is an artist, and um, he tweeted something about, like, oh, my plane got struck by lightning, but everyone's okay. And then someone tweeted back to him, like, oh, too bad. Your music sucks, and you should have died. And I was like, whoa. Oh, my God. horrible. But I was like, I've never been that guy to be like, your music's bad and you should feel bad. And I hope that you expire. Cause that just seems <laughs> again, like what a waste of yeah. energy. And why would you say that to another person? But yeah. yeah, but, um, calm, even if I, I think calm just as a piece of work, it, it is the one that you're going to come back to more often. And yeah. It, I think it fits more settings, you know, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can listen I agree. to it on the road. You can listen to it at the beach house party. Yeah. During a workout, you know, whatever. 
blurry face, you got to be in a very specific type of mood and you probably need to be sleepy. Yeah, it's very introspective, that yeah. album. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's a very like at night with your thoughts sort of album. Yeah. Okay, Smash, Mary Kill, Victor Vale, Kaz Brecker, or Luke, who doesn't have a last name. Oh. Hmm. Oh, God. Um. God, they're also like have so much trauma and <laughs> toxic masculinity. Um, okay, who would I want to spend more time with? I th- I feel like I'd want to be married to Victor Vale more. I think. Yeah. Okay, solid. Um, now, the thing about smashing Kaz Brecker is he doesn't touch people, so that might be an issue. So um, I think I'm going to have to kill Kaz Brecker, which pains me to say, and I'm going to smash Luke, because that seems like an all right time. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, killing Kaz Brecker gets you some mad street credit too, so... True, I'll do all right in a care dumb. <laughs> all right, now we're going to switch to uh, this or that. So this or that, pizza or sushi? Pizza. Okay, solid. Uh, the Night Circus or the Starless Sea? The Starless Sea by a small margin. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> Addie LaRue or the Villain Series? Oh. As much as I love the villain series, I think it's Ad Delarue. I know. Okay, agreed. I different. think I I think I uh, connected more emotionally to Ad Delarue. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. And then this or that Wonder Woman or Black Widow. Hmm. Um I'm normally a Marvel girl, but out of those two characters, I do prefer Wonder Woman. Fair enough. Have you seen the Black Widow movie? I just kind of assumed that you had. I actually haven't yet. No, I need. I need to. I will watch it. I just haven't seen it yet. Okay, then I'm gonna chop that one up to like that wasn't as much tension. Okay. Um, like, spo- uh, no spoilers, but um, in the Black Widow movie, they really flesh out. Scarlett Johansson's character okay. more give her like an actual okay. personality. Um, yeah. Which, you know, it helps when you, you know, characters been put in the hands of women who have personalities as opposed to men. Um, like right down to the fight choreography, you can tell wasn't re- like choreographed by a man. And I'm like, yeah, that's respect, cool. Respect. They, you know, they kept the like, the I'm going to flip you sort of moves, but it's shot way differently and like way more tastefully, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know, watch that. Come back to me. Let me know. Come back to it. Yeah, I've also not seen the second Wonder Woman film, which I've heard isn't that great. Um. So I'm I'm purely going off. Uh, I was I was thinking more of like the first Wonder Woman movie to the first Black yeah. Widow movie. The second okay. we my wife and I watched the second Wonder Woman movie, and we were like, we like it, 
it's not as good, but we like it. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not it's not like it went from, you know, ninety something to thirty something. It I don't know, I I I don't really want to give it a number rating, but uh, we watched it once and I was like, Yeah, that was a solid way to spend an evening and we haven't watched <laughs> it since and we haven't really felt like watching yeah. it since. Um definitely not like yeah, it was it was good. It was good. It was solid, but it wasn't like okay. it didn't change my life or anything like yeah. that. Although I don't think it's one of those... Sorry, what? No, I was just gonna say it's one of those ones I'll get around to eventually, but I, I kinda heard which I don't like, but I heard all the negative reviews and was a bit like, uh, I'll just wait. <laughs> um instead of watching it. I think that it was like for me if they had just focused more on the female villain than the male villain and made the female mm-hmm. villain like the person that would have been more interesting. Um, yeah. But they didn't and whatever, J- just because like the, the male villain, his motives, I'm just kind of like, eh, eh. Mm. you don't need, you don't even seem that emotionally invested in what you're doing. You just seem kind of nuts. <laughs> Whereas, like, the, the lady, the cheetah, um, like, she's like, no, no, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going mm. to destroy everything and everybody for, like, mm-hmm. personal reasons. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. Big yeah. Killmonger energy. Not the same motivations, mm. but, like, that sort of, like, this is personal. Yeah. I'm going to do it because I'm going to do it kind of thing. It was like, respect. Um. Yeah, do you watch a ton of superhero movies? Like, this is sort of like an aside, but like you've seen a few, right? Yeah, I've I've probably seen most of them. Um, and like I definitely used to be way more into them. Um, like what once sort of um, it was when I I saw the Justice League film, <laughs> and that just killed it for me for a while because I just I hated it so much. Um, and I really, I didn't actually, you know what, it, it started with Batman versus Superman because I, I remember I saw that film and it was me and my boyfriend at the time were like the only people in the cinema because it was a really sunny day. So everyone was outside enjoying their time outside and we were sat watching Batman versus Superman and the bit where he's, they say like Martha and he's like what and then they find out that their mom's <laughs> had the same name and I was like are you kidding like I'm gonna walk out of here that's the worst <laughs> like the worst thing I've ever seen so it started there and then I hated Justice League but then when the Wonder Woman film came out I ended up going to see that anyway and loved that so okay. um so I've had like a an up and down and then obviously I got really invested them in, in them again when like Infinity War and Endgame yeah. came out and like everyone was hyped about it um and then again sort of fell a bit I think I just go through waves with it sometimes totally. I'm really into your superhero stuff sometimes I'm not but like when I read the villain series I like immediately went and like watched X-Men <laughs> and like I, it got me back into sort of like a superhero superpowers yeah, for sure. That's actually, I think, funny because um, I had sort of lost interest in superhero movies for a while. Like in my group of friends, they would say I'm the superhero movie guy because mm-hmm. when I was younger, I, I, I actually have a 
hard time interpreting graphic symbols. So when I was younger, I would read comics and graphic novels for what we call silent reading time here in Canada. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they had the same thing in elementary school in Scotland, but we just had this. Mm -hmm. I would read those, so I just knew a lot about them. So then I was like, oh, they're making so many movies about these things I'm familiar with. I'm like, I'm going to just go watch them, or I just knew about them or something like that. Um, So, But I lost interest. But then villains kind of just, I don't think there was anything new coming out when I watched it, but I was like, I'm going to watch some of the superhero movies that I liked again and kind of re- reignited my, like, I appreciate these movies. Um, yeah. My favorite superhero movie is Slept On. Nobody nobody talks about it, but I'm like, I think it's the best one, but that's just me. Um, Shazam, I don't know if you've seen it, but... Um, oh, yeah, I, I like Shazam. Yeah, it's good. I think that it's... I just think it's the one that, like, nailed how silly superhero stuff is supposed to be. Yeah. I'm like Yeah. It's it's why I've quite enjoyed um I don't know if you've watched any of the, like the Marvel shows on Disney Plus. Yeah, um, we we yeah. Uh, DM'd about it a little bit. Oh yeah, so we did, so we did. Yeah, so like it's why I really loved Loki was because that just like I I never even really read comic books growing up, but that's the one to me that is like that's just showing how weird yeah. the comic books can be, right? Because it's, you know, parallel universes the multiverse like all these different characters that exist at the one time like it was just and it's just crazy like and that's yeah. the fun of it and um, so like those shows have kind of reignited my sort of passion with it a bit yeah absolutely um yeah that's that's just kind of i don't know i think a lot of these superhero movies are like trying to make something wacky really cool and like smooth yeah and i'm like it's not really yeah. supposed to be that you know it's kind of like Someone saying like, oh, um, pop music needs to be really sophisticated. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. There's four chords. <laughs> yeah. I have like maybe one of three rhyme schemes. Let's just relax. Like it doesn't have to be anything more than what it is. Just let it be what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been going for a while, so we should probably bring it in for a landing. <laughs> so so um, I ask all my guests this question, but I don't think I've ever actually fully explained why I asked this question because – I think some people are like, oh, he did it for the pun. But my podcast is called Don't Fret because one of my favorite things to do is sit down and have conversations with people that I think are interesting or that they're doing something interesting. Um, and what I learned in doing this, like it started, well, I've been doing it my whole life, but something I started to realize when I started to be able to talk to artists that were ahead of me in my field, like music, is that they had the same worries and concerns that I did. And they often would say things like, oh, I wish I could go back and, you know, tell myself not to worry so much about this, that, or the other. And I always thought that was really interesting. So this podcast is called Don't Fret. So if I give you the opportunity to uh, go back in time, talk to a younger version of Emily Fletcher, you know, could be as young as five, could be 15, could be 20, whatever. What's something you would tell your younger self uh, not to fret about? That's a good question. Um, I think because not I think the the sort of other kind of question that's a bit like this is sort of like what would you change in your life kind of right so like I definitely wouldn't change stuff because I'm you know one of those people that thinks like what will be will be and everything's a journey you know 
So I don't think I'd necessarily go back and tell myself to do things differently, but I would maybe tell myself just not to think about other people as much. I think there's a lot of stuff that I didn't do when I was younger because I thought, what will people think about that? Whereas now I'm just like, I don't, I don't think about that. Um, if I want to do something, I do it. Um, so I'd maybe just tell myself not yet to worry what other people think, just do what you enjoy. When you talk about the stuff that you enjoy, people will like that. Um, yeah, I think that's what I'd say. Beautiful. I love it. Great answer. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on this podcast. I really appreciate your time. Uh, if people want to holler at you and they, uh, don't already follow you where can they follow you <laughs> so my podcast is called infatuated you can find that uh, our social media is infatuated pods um, and you can just search infatuated on your podcast apps um, and then all my social media is emilou which is e-m-i-l-o-u-e it's got an underscore on instagram and twitter and on tiktok it doesn't um, and i think that's everything Perfect. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Don't Fret. Sorry, I started talking nonsense there, so we just cut it right off. So sorry for the abrupt ending, but, you know, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Don't Fret podcast. I've been D-Fretter. I was talking to Emily Fletcher of the Infatuated Podcast of Book Talk. She's incredible. Definitely go give her a follow. And, you know, if you're not already following me, please follow me so you can stay tuned for more content like this. And if you like this show, head over to patreon.com slash for bonus content, community chat, and we're going to start doing some live streamy type stuff as soon as we get more members in the club. And that's kind of it. So I hope you have a good week wherever you happen to be. And uh, much love. Be safe out there. Peace.